Spirit. Lord, you are so good. And God, we're just thankful for just being in your presence one more time. Father, we're just thankful today of just the beautiful time that we had as we sung and as we lifted up our hands, oh God, and that you are ever faithful and ever true, God. You are such an encourager to us, oh God. God, no matter how long our week has been or or what obstacles that we've had to face, God, you have been there, oh God. And that's why we come in the house of the Lord and we are encouraged, God, because you are keeper, God. You are a keeper, God. You have kept us all week long. And so, God, right now we are thankful, God, that we come to the time where we hear your word and we dig into your word. For it's truly your word that keeps us, that leads us, that guides us, God. So, God, I ask that there would be open ears and open hearts, God, that we will receive something today that will help us to be stronger, God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, God. You guys can be seated. Thank you, Lord. Have you ever um, experienced the joy of being chosen, like um, chosen for something? And there's, you could have been chosen for the smartest, the greatest, um, um, chosen to be class president, chosen um, a lot of things, you know, that people have experienced being the most valuable player, head of the class, beauty queen, a promotion. Special awards. Has anybody ever received a special award? And you were really excited about it, right? Have you ever received a special award and you didn't even know you was going to get that special award? You were somewhere and all of a sudden you was just there and you had no clue it was going to be about you, but then it turned into something that was about you. And and have you experienced that joy of that, that feeling of, I was chosen? Do we have some people in here that have ever been chosen? Amen. And chosen as a, a good thing. There's some of you that can relate to being chosen as chosen to be picked on, made fun of, right? There's there's those other kinds of things that's in our life. I need a mic, though. I need a mic. Um, can you just give, um, where's LaFarle? LaFarle's going to help me preach today. Okay. He has a little sentence that kept going through my spirit every time I was reading these different things. So I'm going to have LaFarrell remind y'all of something. But I love his voice. He has a good preaching voice. But I just love this little sentence he did in one of his dramas he did. Okay. I'm, no, I'm sure if y'all really relate, y'all going to remember that little sentence. Okay. And so um, as I was thinking about being chosen, um, the Lord had um, this scripture came to mind. Okay. And uh, the theme of the theme of what God has given me is handpicked by God. In First Corinthians one twenty six, y'all remember my scripture? Okay, okay. First Corinthians one twenty six through thirty, it says this in the Amplified. It says, "For simply consider your own call, brethren. Not many of you were considered to be wise according to human estimates and standards." Not many influential and powerful. Not many of a high and noble birth. No, for God selected, deliberately chose what in the world is foolish to put the wise to shame and what the world calls weak to put the strong to shame. And God also selected, deliberately chose 
what in the world is lowborn and insignificant and branded and treated with contempt, even the things that are nothing. Makes no sense. <laughs> I like that. She's going to make me lose my place and I'm going to start laughing. Okay. <laughs> that he might dispose and bring to nothing the things that are, so that no mortal man should have pretense for glorying and boast in the presence of God. But it is from him that you have your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom from God, revealed to us a knowledge of the divine plan of salvation, previously hidden, manifested itself as our righteousness, thus making us upright and putting us in right standing with God. Makes no sense. And our consecration, making us pure and holy, and our redemption, providing our ransom from eternal penalty from sin. It's a lot in that scripture right there. A lot that should make all of us, if we really look at what happened for us, it should make us very happy. Well, when Paul was talking to the Corinthian church, he was bringing them back into memory, bringing them back to, to I need you to simply consider this, because in other chapters you will find where the Corinthian church starts feeling a little prideful. But he wanted them to remember something so that they could remember who it was that made them to be who they felt they were, all right? So the Corinthian church were not academically wise. Not, they weren't academically wise according to the worldly standard. There were some that, from, that were from educated classes in Corinth, but most of the people were uneducated. Second, they were not political mover, movers and shakers. They were not mighty. Uh, the word mighty referred to the ruling class of society. There were some that were in the church who were politically involved in the city, but most of the church members in Corinth had no influence in Corinth's political power structures. Finally, the Corinthians were not from well-to-do families, noble. Not many had what the world called good breeding. Most were, were from the lower ranks of society, including the slave class. So he was reminding them of who they were before God called them. He was reminding them what sort of people they were before God called them that their acceptance by God was not based on their intelligence, their power, or their wealth, because most of them did not have these things. If the Corinthians were honest and they would look in a mirror of, of their past pedigree, they would not see themselves as impressive people. They saw ordinary people, and Paul was trying to get them to see that they were ordinary people that were transformed by an extraordinary Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, we say, what does that got to do with, with us? Because the same scripture can be spoken over our lives, right? That not many of us were, are, were wise according to human standards, right? 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 Okay. Not many. Now, because some of you are, some of you guys have the M on y'all. It didn't say not any. It says not many. Okay. So thank God that there's an M on it. Okay. There, that there are some that have that education, but it says not many. Okay. Not many of us, uh, by the world standards, and even as we're we're traveling along in our our college classes, there are so people so far ahead of where we are. Right. So not many of us, by, by human standards, there is still a long way to go, okay? 
by human standards. Not many of us were um, influential um, when we came to Christ, powerful, or a high, noble birth. So we can't walk around and say, God chose me because I was so smart. God chose me because my family was, you know, that the name family, you know, the big family. We, not many of us can say that, right? So the, the scripture that is talking to Corinthians is talking to us this morning, too. Paul is reminding us of where we was when Christ found us, okay? When we came to Christ, most, I don't know about you guys or anyone that wants to admit it, I was a mess. I was a wreck. I was not somebody I think would have been chosen. And while I was typing this, I was thinking about uh, being chosen. And I was thinking about how funny I am about um, uh, fruit or food or anything like that. Like, you know, like if something has uh, a little black mark on it, I'm, I'm not usually going to get that, okay? Because that's, that something's not good there, okay? And so, and if, if I see it on there, I don't want to eat it because there's that little black mark on it. Now, you know, like bananas, you could pe- actually peel a banana and still have something to eat, right? But me, when I see that black on there, I don't want it. You know, I just don't want that. I want that beautiful, beautiful yellow uh, banana. And when I'm going to choose my bananas, I'm either going to choose bananas that are green that can wait and turn yellow, or I'm going to choose a yellow all the way. I don't want no mark on it. I don't want no brown. I don't want nothing. I want a perfect, perfect banana. Anybody like that? Am I the only one like that? Okay, perfect banana. I mean, whatever we choose. And when we're playing, when we're playing and we go out and we say, oh, today we're going to play baseball. Well, usually I don't get picked till last. Because everybody knows that I'm going to, you know, I'm going to duck from the ball. I'm really not a good hitter. Um, can't run as fast as the rest of y'all. But what you want on your team is you're looking around and you're probably going to pick Kalal. You're probably going to pick Kalal because when I play with Kalal, I know Kalal can hit. I know Kalal can run. So I'm going to pick what we do when we choose things. We are choosing that thing that is beneficial to us. Amen. And we're choosing that, that makes us win, uh, that tastes the best, that we're always choosing the best, right? And so when we look into this scripture, when I was looking at this scripture, I was like, I was like, make no sin. That kept going through my mind. That's why I could hear the pharaoh because that makes no sense what God is saying right here. God didn't go and pick the smartest. He didn't pick the greatest. He didn't pick the one that was born in the noble family. It just, I, I began to start, I said, well, let me, let me see that. Let me, so then I looked at Moses. And when he goes to pick Moses, he picks Moses. And Moses, is, is the first thing out of Moses' mouth is Moses doesn't think that he can even talk. He, he's a stutterer. And he doesn't think that, how can I articulate what God wants to, to this people and to this king? I can't even talk right. But who does God pick? He picks Moses who feels, first of all, he is a stutterer. And second of all, his mentality is, I can't do it. So we see that he picked, it seemed like he could have picked anybody. He could have picked somebody who had a great um, way of articulating, had great confidence, had great boldness. But here he picks this man that has no confidence in himself. He's, he, he, he's actually looking for, can you 
choose somebody else? Why are you choosing me? Then I look at, all through the Bible you see it. Then I look at little Esther. Esther didn't have a noble birth. She was an orphan child. And she didn't have a noble birth at all. But the Lord uses her to go into the kingdom to be picked by the king out of all these other all these other women. Some of them were of noble birth, but she wasn't of noble birth. But he picked the orphan daughter. Come on. Has no mother, has no father, has an uncle. You know, she just doesn't come from the bearing that uh, many people would that had the noble birth would be able to just walk into that. She didn't have that. But who was picked? It, Esther was picked. We see little David. They come to look for a king, and they go through all the brothers. They go through all the brothers that are mighty in stature, older, more uh, wise. They go through all the brothers, and and keep keeps on saying, no, that's not the one. 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 All that would seem like they would be the ones next in line for a king. But we get all the way to the end where they have to say, is there another? And they find out. In their mind, oh, yeah, our baby brother that just takes care of, he's out there taking care of the sheep. And they said, bring him to us. Bring him, and what he gets, that's the one. The little baby brother that's out there taking care of the sheep, that's the one that God chooses. So in my mind, I'm looking at it, and I'm going, oh, my God, it makes no sense. Then I start thinking to myself, and, Lord, you would use me, your suicidal Come on. My dad knows me. Let's start from the beginning. This very unconfident twist of the foot, ring of the hair. When I stood in front of people, I would cry all the time. My father literally had to use his eyes to keep me standing because if he wasn't looking at me like, Linda, you can do it, you could do it, Linda would have been on the ground, fell out because I was just that scary. I was just that person that had no confidence in myself, had no confidence in my looks, had no confidence in my talk, had no confidence in my walk, had no confidence at all. I said, and God, you chose me. You chose me, and I have have not the education, have not um, the degrees or the um, seminary degrees that great leaders have, but God, you chose me. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Now, I don't know about you guys, Mike, and look at your life and say, I was chosen because I was chosen because I was, I don't see anything that I could, you know, like if you walked into some jobs we go into and we walk into those jobs and we have great skill and great experience behind us so that when we go in and we uh, do our resume, they can look at our resume and they go, wow, I want to choose this person because this person has a skill here, they have this, they have this. But when I look at why God would choose me, there's nothing on my resume. There's nothing on my resume that would say, oh, I'm going to choose her because. Did any of you guys have anything on your resume? Do you have anything on your resume that you feel like that's why God chose you? When God chooses people, he intentionally chooses those whom the world rejects, the weak over the strong, the forgotten over the famous, and the nobodies over the somebodies. He starts with people that the world chooses last. Calling and saving those whom the world counts as nothing is God's specialty. If you remember, and this is a, a point, important phrasing, how I talk, 
God knows me. Okay, if you remember where you started, you'll appreciate where you are today. Let's think about that. If you remember where you started, right now I'll get some hallelujahs about where you are today. It's only when we forget where we have started from. In Jeremiah 9 and 23, it says this. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. I am what I am by the grace of God. I am what I am, and this is what we should all say over ourselves. I am what I am, and that means any goodness that you see, any wisdom that you see, any strength that you see, I am what I am by the grace of God. We live in a world that people feel like it, their merit is upon themselves, that what they do, uh, what they have is all about what they, who they are. What I've, I got this. I'm this because I did this. But God wants us as his people to realize that we are what we are only by the grace of God. It helps us to stay humble. It, it helps us to not have that higher uh, thought of ourselves than we should have. Because when I think higher of myself, it makes me look in disdain on others. That's why we're critical. It's because when I think I'm more than, I, than um, um, I ought to think, because whatever I have, I got it from Jesus. When I realize what I have came from Christ, I will not look on other people critical. But when I think it's because of me, then I'll look on other people critical. And God needs his, his people to understand that. If things, listen to this, if things that were not, okay, that were not, uh, have now become something. Now, if you were not something, but now you become something, it's only due to Christ. The things that were, where you were weak, now you're strong. Remember that. It's only due to Christ. It's not due to you. It's due to Christ. And it's only due to God alone. The reason God does what he does is to demonstrate that he alone is the source of our salvation. And this is what God really wants us not to forget as we walk along as God's people. He is the source of our salvation. And there is times where God, where you will go through seasons where God will start pointing out to you. And it seems like, what is going on? Like there are seasons where at the end you say, if anyone says one more negative thing to me, I don't know what I'm going to do. But in it, what God is trying to do is he's trying to remind us because there's sometimes we get a little heady. We get, I mean, we get heady over the smallest, stupidest things, okay? We can get a new hairdo, and all of a sudden we think, wow, look at me. But God is like saying, God will have somebody walk up to you and say, it don't look that good. And so in the thing is, it's because God is really what he's trying to do is continue to keep us knowing and believing that who we are, what we can do, everything about us, everything, it comes from God. He is our source, and he doesn't want us to boast in anything besides him. We have been chosen, and I like this. A lot of us get really happy, and we've been chosen on our jobs. Uh, we get very happy about it, and we will work so hard because we've been chosen as that promoted to that leader on our job. We've been promoted in some way or another. We work really hard to be man pleasers, okay? But man can choose you one day, come on, and not recognize you at all the next. Come on, 
and he can tell you the best thing ever while he's looking at somebody else that he's about to choose. And we get very, very, uh, you know, excited about men choosing us to do things and their praise of us and their, and their pat on the back of us. And we strive so hard to please them and to stay in that, cho- that choice place. And what happens is, is you can never stay in a choice place, man. Never. Never. As much as I love my husband, and today I'm saying he is great, and baby, you look good, and I like that red shirt, and that tie really looks good. Much, much as today, no, we all know that. We can put him in a choice place in our mind. But because we're so fickle as people, people, we choose people according to the way they make us feel. Okay? So uh, today he's, because if, if he wasn't making me feel good and I was mad at him, I wouldn't care what he had on. Ain't that the truth? He wouldn't look good to me because my feelings, my feelings is what I gauge everything on. But aren't you, and aren't you glad God doesn't do that? We seek so hard to please man, and man can change his feelings any moment. And we will strive with everything in our heart to please man, to, to, to get that clap from man, to get that amen from man. But you get an amen from God no matter what. He loves you any day. He loves you when you're stinky, when you're raunchy. He loves you when you make your bed in hell. He, God just What's my word? Absolutely loves us. And what does that? It makes no sense. Okay, you're going to have to come a little faster. <clears throat> makes no sense. Makes no sense. Okay, there we go. go. <laughs> uh, but absolutely loves us. And that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make, because our mindset is love is earned. Love is earned. Love is a because. I love you because, see, that's, you know, only through Christ are we transformed so that we can know what real love is. But while we're being transformed, we find these different times where I say, I love you, I love you, I love you, and I really mean it today. And I really mean it at that moment. And I really mean it in the circumstances that we've gone through thus far. But God comes to test that love so that he can grow us in the right kind of love. And he brings circumstances in our life that we weren't thinking was going to happen. I didn't think he was going to do that. I, so then God says, do you love him now? <laughs> do you still love? Is this love? Is this love or is this feelings? And most of us, we, we are still growing to the virtue of love. We're still in the feelings of love. But aren't you glad that our God is not like that? That he loves us. And and it says, while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, while we were nasty, while we were ugly, while we were vulgar, while we were saying all kind of vulgar things out of our mouth, while we were doing all kind of vulgar things, God loved us and picked us not when we got it all cleaned up, not, not when... Not when Pastor Linda could hit the ball. See, somebody picked me even though I couldn't hit the ball. Do you see what I'm saying? Even though they knew that I could not run. 
Could you imagine that? Could you imagine having a, a, a baseball team and you know the person can't run? The person's on crutches. And the person's on And I'm not talking about having a stand-in, okay? Some of us will say, I, I, I'll hit the ball, I'll be a stand I'm talking about, no, you're picking that. You're deliberately. Now I'm talking about not because, and not because there's, you got to pick all the group. There's ten, and so you're going to have to get this person on your team one way or not because they showed up. Not because of that. But it's just they de- God deliberately, deliberately picked that one. Deliberately picked the one that's on crutches. Deliberately picked that one first. What about that? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. It makes no sense, but that's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve because the God that we serve sees beyond our sees beyond our handicaps, sees beyond our shortcomings, sees what nobody, no one else may be able to see. Our God sees it. He sees the end from the beginning. So everyone else sees right where you are today. They, you're a no good jerk. You're a no good man. You're just, you know how we, we say all these things, you're never going to be any good. Well, they see you right here. They see you right now. They see you in your weakness. They see you in your sin. But thank God, God sees you at the end. He sees who you are with him on board. Come on. He sees who you are with his power, with his might, with his understanding. He sees you and he treats you just like that. That's what I love about it. He treats you just like that. He treats you like who you are, the finished work in Christ Jesus. We treat people like who we see them to be. But God treats us like who we are. Who we are even before we get there, God treats us like that. This morning as I was so, as I'm going through this lesson and, and the scripture is, is blessing me that God has handpicked us. One of the things that really for the church this morning is not to dwell on this morning that we've been handpicked, but to dwell on what are we going to do with the choosing. Because many times we know that we have been called and chosen by God, but as in my life, and I don't know how uh, any of you, some of you have might have great confidence. But in my life, even though I knew that I was chosen by God, and many times God has called me to do many things, that what am I going to do with that? So I can take that as the almighty God has chosen me to do something. But if I'm not careful, and that should be enough. Do you understand? And that should be enough. I want everybody to get When God chooses us, that should be enough. But in my life, i found that it's not enough. There's been many times where God has had, because God chose me to do something, I still was looking for something from man. I, God said, go do, go do. God said, sing a song. In my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to sing that song. What are they going to think when I sing this song? And I don't know, uh, I don't know if one of the uh, times to me, most freeing time, and you guys might not understand that, as being a free in time, but I know Robert probably did. Well, so Robert would ask me a lot, Pastor Wendell, why don't you sing? You can sing all the time in the, in, the, in, the, in the old church. You can sing all the time. 
Well, there was something that came into my spirit. And people can say things in the spirit, but you got you better know if God tells you to do something. Okay, so there was just times where I just felt so inadequate. And I was like, I can't sing. I can't, I can't um, come in on the right note. I'm so scared. I can't come. So for a long time, as you guys have seen, I just really haven't sung. So that Sunday, God told me to sing Precious Lord. God told me to sing. And it was funny because Pastor Brosen had a song, and I was about to give leeway to Pastor Brosen to sing this song only because I was afraid. But when God was, God was, that's why I told Pastor Brosen, I said, Pastor Brosen, I have a 100 in my spirit. But I was scared to death because I didn't, um, I didn't want to do it. I just didn't want to do it. Because God had told me, even though God had chosen me to do that, there was all that stuff inside of me. Of, I'm not going to start on the right note. I'm not going to start. My timing's going to be off. Oh, I'm just, I just can't. I just, all that was in me, okay? So when I got up, even as I, I got up and I could hear God, I told you to sing that song. I told you to sing that song. And I'm hearing it. So, okay, I'm going to dwell into this. I'm going to, I'm going to just step out, okay? So when I, st- I step out, though, everything that I've said is going to happen, it's happening, okay? So I'm feeling off timing, off note. I'm feeling scary. I feel like I can't sing. I'm, 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 there's something like, you sound so weak. You sound so, and so as I was, I just kept hearing in my head, God has chosen you. See, what we think when God chooses us, we think God chooses something perfect that he's trying to present Linda. So I'm trying to get Linda perfect. But God's not choosing me to present me. He's choosing me to present him. And in my weakness, he is made strong. And when I stop trying to be so strong and so perfect, then God can take my weakness because I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to be strong. I'm trying. God can take my weakness and he overshadows my weakness and then you see strength. And the funniest thing when I was standing there, you know, I could hear things that my father was saying in, in, in my head, you know, and, and, and dad always was like, you know, when we're feeling scared, if you ever know my dad, if my dad is singing, dad, dad will lift up his voice. He will just lift up his voice. He will not allow the, the enemy to, um, you know, make him feel weak. And I can, the, the Holy Spirit brought that, lift up your voice. I can hear, lift up your voice. Now, you know when you're scary, when you lift up your voice, it sounds funny. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about. But when you're scary and you sing really soft, then when you lift up your voice, it sounds really like something's wrong. Like, that sounds obnoxious, you know. It sounds wrong. But God was like, lift up your voice. And the more that I let his strength it's, he, glorify me. That's what he kept saying. Glorify me. I'm not presenting you. I don't care. What, I'm not up because me. I don't want you to see me weak or scared. Or I'm not trying to present you, Linda. I'm trying to present me. And as we go in that, see, remember, as we start walking in that, then people at first. I don't know. I, some told me this, but I don't know if everybody felt this. But some knew the weak spot, but they also knew when the strength came. 
and they attributed that strength to God and not me. And that's what God wanted all along was that whatever we would do, that it would be attributed to him and not us. Our problem is, is that when he chooses us, many of us are not doing anything. God has already chosen you. God has already chosen. But many of us are still sitting in the seats. We're sitting in the pews. We're we're almost um, uh, petrified with fear. We won't even take that step because what we're waiting for is to be perfect. What we're waiting for is to be perfect. No, you got a word in your spirit. You got a word. Sometimes God's giving you a word, and God wants you to share that word. Even in the house of the Lord, you're trying to perfect your articulate, your presentation. The word is already perfect. Do you understand? The word is already perfect. But many times we're trying to perfect our presentation. And so if we don't think that we can talk like, who can, talk like Pastor B. If we don't think we can get up here and just talk and make something funny and make people laugh. Now, remember, the thing is, is then we try to be like everybody else. I would sure love to be able to, to articulate like, um, I'm trying to think of her name, but we haven't seen her in a long time. Juanita. Juanita Bynum. Okay, they said Ava. Ava's pretty good. She really, yes, she is. Okay, but do you understand? I've got to be me. And the problem of a lot of times executing what God has wanted me to execute is I'm trying to execute it as somebody else. That I feel their execution is perfect. And so I'm trying to execute it that way and then I get all flabbergasted and fumble, fumble because now I'm being two or three people instead of just one. You guys understand what I'm saying? Instead of just being me, I'm trying to be a whole lot of other people. And what what happens is if one person was the one that could execute the word and that one person was to save the whole world, we just need that one person. But what God does is he puts gifts and things in us because maybe I don't touch a half of y'all today. But if I touch just one. Come on. That's who God has chosen me to do, for me to do today. Do you understand? And what we want to do is we want to be perfect singers, perfect exhorters, perfect encouragers, perfect way we represent in our looks. And all that really is, it's about us. It is a not about God. You know, I don't know if you've heard this, pa- there's a pastor, and I can't remember his name, but when he talks, he, he really, really stutters. Really, I mean, it's like really. And his, his articulation, when I first heard him, I remember thinking to myself, when I first heard him on TV, that I couldn't understand anything that he was saying. I really couldn't. But he was preaching, he was preaching. And I was thinking in my mind, like, is that edifying if, if people can't understand it? Now, I wasn't thinking that. But God said, no, the problem is, is it edifying you saying you don't understand it. When I choose a vessel, I choose that vessel to do what I wanted to for who I wanted to, wanted to go out. I choose that vessel to do what it will do. And all of a sudden, though, I start listening to him, really listening to him, and I can really understand him. I can re- because sometimes we look, we're really quick to pick out 
that thing that is not strong. And we will focus on the, the weakness of a person instead of the strength of, and we will be so focused on the weakness, we won't get any of their strength. You guys understand what I'm saying? But God wants us to learn how to focus on one another's strength, all right, and understanding that the weakness is there to point us to God. We are handpicked by God, but there's no one in here, no matter how great you are at whatever you're great at. You're not great at everything. Come on. There's something in you that there's a weakness that you need to call on God Almighty. And if people stay around you long enough, no matter how much we pretend, no matter how much we put on the fake of perfect, if they stay and walk with us long enough, they will find the imperfection, right? And the imperfection is, and and the thing is, is that God didn't choose you because of your perfection. That's what we got, that's what we got he, he didn't choose us because of our perfection. He chose us for our weak. In our perfection, we would cease to call on God. We would think that this is in and of myself. It's, 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 it's a perfected area with a whole lot of weak areas that has me to cry out to God and say, God, I need you. I cannot do this by myself. And God does that in our lives to make us get beyond uh, man esteem to God esteem. Because a lot of times we esteem what man feels about us. We esteem what man thinks about us more than we esteem what God feels. God loves a heart. God loves a heart. I want to tell you, we had a sister at, at our church in, in California. She could not sing. She really could not sing a note. And when she, But she wanted to sing with all her heart. And I remember when she was at our church, she could not sing when she got up. She was she was she was making joyful noise, but she could not sing. But her heart was that she wanted to sing. She was like, I just want I just ask God. She would get so upset when um, people that could sing were called on, and they would be like um, uh, upset that the pastor called them at the last minute, and they were like, You didn't tell me that I was going to sing tonight. I, I need to be ready, and that would just trip her out totally. She was like, God, if you just gave me the voice. If you would just give me the voice, Lord, I would sing for you morning, noon, and night. I would sing for you all the time. Now, some people say that, but they don't know the cost of that. But this young lady, she left our church, and we didn't see her for about a year and a half. She came back to our church, you guys. That girl got up and opened up her mouth. Our whole church was going. And God used her because she was like that. Anytime there was a if you don't sing, she was going to sing. If it was testimony time, we, in our testimony service, we song, sang and testified. If, she, if you didn't want to sing, she was going to sing. She was going to, she showed us that I'm going to use what God has given me. And God could honor that. Sometimes we're asking for more when we don't even use what we have. God has chosen us to do this, and we want to do that. And God has chosen us to do this, and we're, I want to do that. And God said, he that is faithful over that little thing that he's given you, just be faithful right here. And then I can take you, and I'll make you a steward over months. But first, you're going to have to be faithful right here. When he chooses you to do something, do it with your heart. Do it with, if he chooses you to clean the bathroom. Why am I not the singer? Why am I not a department head? Why am I not? Wherever God has chosen you to do, do it with all your heart. And that's what God is asking this morning. He said, I have chosen you. I've chosen you from the front 
to the back. I have chosen you. Now God is asking the question, and what are you going to do with the choosing of you? What are you going to do? Are you going to look around and see what everybody else isn't doing? Or how everybody else could be better at it? Um, something that Sam said, um, and I wasn't here, but some people told me about it, was it's better, I'd rather be doing something, okay? I'd rather be doing something than criticizing everybody and doing nothing, okay? I'd rather be trying to do my thing. You see what I'm saying? My thing may not be looking good to you. It may not be looking good, but I'm trying to do it. Then somebody that's just sitting over there going, mm, look at that. Mm, that ain't right. Mm, that ain't right. What's wrong with them? They should be doing that better. But they ain't doing nothing at all. Got an A in criticism. But you do not have an A in what God has called you to do. And when we stand before God, criticism is not going to get us in heaven. But doing the work that God has called us to do, that's going to get us in heaven. And so we've got to get over that place and say, God, well, I've been chosen. I've been chosen, and I'm not going to look around, and I'm not going to compare myself among others. And Lord, I, and, and, and if, if no one knows that I'm chosen, if no one honors that I'm chosen, if no one cares at what I'm doing, you know, I, I'm, only reason I can tell you guys because I've been there where I've been chosen, and I'm like, nobody even sees what I'm doing. They only see what Pastor David's doing. They don't see me behind the scenes, and I'm the one behind the scenes. Oh, no, God says, get over that. If you're the behind-the-scenes person, be the chosen behind-the-scenes. Doing it as to God, doing it with a hand clap from the Lord, an applause from God, knowing that at the end of the day, I'm telling you guys, I've gotten applause from man. I've gotten great accolades from man. But it sure is shallow. It's shallow if I don't get it from God. There has been times where I preached a sermon, but I picked that sermon to preach the sermon so that, oh, wow, I'm going to say this, and that's what's going to, that's what's going to get the people happy, happy, happy. Well, there were some, some happy people. Let me tell you, there were some happy people, but there was not a happy God. And for, it, for a few minutes of walking out and, and shaking hands and, wow, that was a good word. That, that really blessed me, Pastor Linda, when you said that. That was a really good word. By the time I got to the door and got in my car, I heard no applause from my Heavenly Father. I heard no happiness from my Heavenly Father. I heard you were a man pleaser today, Pastor Linda. You look, you're all giddy about them same people. If you don't preach the word that they like, they ain't going to be clapping for you the next time. You're going to have to please them on and on and on to get that hand clap. But I didn't call you to get a hand clap. I called you to deliver my word. And no matter if they hand clap it or frown about it, I called you to bring a word that puts a seed in their spirit. And whether they know it or not, someone's going to come along and water the word that they were unhappy about so that it can grow. God is calling us. He has chosen us. But what are we going to do with the choosing? Are we going to recognize that it is a God choosing, not a man choosing? Are we going to recognize that you've got to be who you are? You know, uh, I, I was thinking about how many times, I'm just being open about me. I'm just being, how many times um, I can say things 
I can say things even for myself that when I think about it later, I say, why did you say that? But um, I can see sometimes in people's eyes, you know, uh, and I I think about that. I'll, I'll say something that might be off or they're not getting it. And you can just see in their eyes, they're kind of like looking at me like, Pastor, what are you saying? <laughs> okay. You know, they're kind of like, okay. You can, I already know that they felt like, I'm not getting you right now. I don't understand you right now. You could see that. Can we all see that? I mean, maybe I'm just the only one that invokes that in people, but most of us, we know that, right? And the thing is, is that I have walked away, and, and, and God has given me something to try to explain to somebody. Have you ever had something that God gave you and you were so excited about it, and you're trying to articulate this joy or the bigness of how big this word seemed to you? Have you ever had a word hit you so big, and then now you're trying to tell some other people about it, and they're standing there looking at you like, like kind of like, hmm. And I'm keeping on talking, but the person is like, they don't say, I don't get it, Pastor Linda. They're too polite to say they don't get it. Well, I'd rather you say you don't get it. But they go, hmm. And when I walk away, I go, hmm. But then it takes the joy of, because I wanted them to get it so bad, okay? So it takes the joy of something that I, ah, I can't wait to tell you. And, but they're not excited. But God said, I didn't give you that word to make them excited. If it made you excited, I gave you the word to make you excited. I, I articulate that word so you can understand that word. I gave it to you so now you can walk out in the way that you would understand it. Not the way that I would understand it. It's not the same way that Nick would understand it. But when I give it to Nick, I want Nick to be like, yeah, Pastor Lynn, I got it, I got it. Nick might be looking at me like, you see, I've been chosen to get receive that word. There's words that you've been chosen to receive. I want, I want, all of us don't receive the same word on the same day. But there's word that we've been chosen to receive for our circumstances, for the influence that we have on certain people. There's word that we've been chosen to receive. And we, by receiving, I mean it comes to us with a light. It brings light to us. It brings understanding. It brings strength to that word. And it's been given to us. We've been chosen with that word, okay, to, to receive that word. But sometimes we've got to make sure we really received it before we articulate it. Sometimes it sounds really, 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 really good, but we haven't got it all together. You know, it's just like when he told Mary she was pregnant, lots of times they didn't just go run and tell. He, he didn't say, go tell the world you're pregnant. He said, go tell Elizabeth you're pregnant because Elizabeth will understand. Elizabeth will relate. Elizabeth knows just what you're talking about because I've talked to Elizabeth. And sometimes we're running too fast with a word that has not yet been given to us completely and it hasn't been told who to give it to, who will be able. We've been chosen. What are we going to do with our choosing, guys? God wants to know you have been chosen. You can walk around and we can say, nobody sees me. We can walk around and say, but I can't do that. I'm not a good talker. I can't. Just because you're not a psalmist or a songstress, okay, doesn't mean you can't sing, okay? I'd rather hear someone sing under the anointing any day than somebody sing perfectly all that and no anointing with it, 
okay? So sometimes God, if God says sing a song in the midst of the congregation, you don't sit up there and be saying, I, but I can't sing, I can't sing, I can't sing. I've, I've seen people raise up their voices, and you don't hear that they can't sing. You hear the anointing that God is trying to get across. What I'm saying, whatever God chooses you to do, don't you devalue it. Don't you devalue it. Don't you make it small. Don't you say, I can't do that because if God chose you, he's going to equip you. Do you understand that? If he's chosen you, he's going to equip you. Don't devalue that that choosing. Everyone in here, you have something to do for God. I know that we look at our lives. He has chosen all of us if we would just remember. He has chosen alcoholics adulterers, people in pornography. I'm not talking about outside this morning, okay? Drug addicts. Come on. Wife beaters. Come on. Husband beaters. Come on. He's, let's remember, let's remember who he chose, okay? Liars, cheaters, backbiters, gossipers. I mean, we're really still right now, but you know what? I'd be like, yes, that's who I was, but that's not who I am. That's who he has chosen us in this house. He's chosen drug addicts, and that what? Makes no sense. That makes no sense. Makes no sense. I'm just being honest. It makes no sense. We look good up in here. We got our church clothes on. We got our church talk. We got our church walk. We look really, really good. But don't forget to remember where you came from. God cleaned you up. God let you look like this. And God chose you. And in that choosing, he doesn't want us to devalue that choosing. He doesn't want us to walk around with our heads down. When I say what you were, that's not what you are. And and, and that's because God's love and mercy has changed us. That's why we can hang. It says he is a lifter up of our heads. Not us walking around like this. He is the lifter up of our heads. He says that once you were blind, but now you see. Once you were lost, but now you're found. Lift up your head and be encouraged. I've done a great thing in you. And don't walk around the world and walk around people like, I can't do nothing. I can't do anything. Like You just well stayed in the world. God said, no, we came to him. And he has lifted us up. And he has lifted us with his power, with his might, with his strength. And now we can walk around with our heads up. And I don't have to depend on you to say amen. And I don't have to depend on you to like what I do. And I don't have to depend on you to give me an accolade or war or money on the altar. I don't have to depend on that because God chose me. God is my source, and God will take care of me. And I want his hand clap, and I want his applause more than I want anybody else's applause. If we ever get to that place, you guys, where we don't care about man, I'm just being true to you, God. And God, today, if you don't even choose me to do anything but to sit on that seat and smile, I'm going to sit on that seat and smile. God, if you never bring me before, because you know what? In, in the biggest group of things, you know, sometimes we forget this. In the in a main group of people, our church or whatever, a lot of people want the applause of God in here. But if you would equate in your mind 
how many people can really do something in here out of all the people that are here? It lets us know we're going to have to go somewhere outside this building to do some things for God, right? Sometimes we come in here and we're just so disappointed that I'm not this. I haven't been chosen as a deacon. I've been chosen as a as assistant pastor. I haven't been chosen. I've been chosen. I've been chosen. You no, those are just titles. You have been chosen by God to do God's work wherever you are. Once you go on your job, we are all ambassadors all day long wherever we go. So once I go on my job, wherever that job is, I step into my pulpit and I preach from my pulpit of that job. I have something to say. I have something to give. I have something to point you to Christ with. Once I go into the grocery store, I'm an ambassador for Jesus Christ. I don't need that pulpit to be somebody. I don't need the title deacon to be somebody. I'm ambassador of, I'm chosen by God to be his ambassador. And wherever I go, if I just stand up for Christ and, and, and present Christ in a way that's not begging for people to give me back. Sometimes even on our jobs and even out in the world, we are presenting Christ with a beg that they would give us back an applause. We want somebody out there to know, I did this, I did that. God said, get over yourself. He said, because you are not called to represent you. You're called to represent me. And at the end of the day, you want to lift up your hands and say, Father, I thank you for using me to lift you up, God. I'm thankful that you used my mouth. I'm thankful that you used my hands. I'm thankful that you used. And you get all the glory. You get all the glory. Where's Devontae? Devontae, come, because we're going to end on this song for your glory. Because we got to get to a place. Remember, I am not this morning, I've been to those places. And if I'm not careful, if I don't remind myself, I go to those places again. Of where is it, God? Where is, where is the, um, the accolades for what I'm doing for you, God? Where is it, God? God, I went over there and I did that. I didn't even say nothing. I don't know if any of you guys have ever felt that way. Like, I'm doing this and I'm doing that, and I'm not getting anything back. But what God is saying is, you're not getting what you want back. I'm ready. I'm ready to pour. Because remember what he told us. Remember what he told us. This is the part we got to remember what he told us. He said that when we do anything for anybody, and what we really want from them is a thank you, or we want them to lift our name on high, what he says is, Okay, that's your reward. That's it. That's all you're going to get. That's all you're going to get. Once they go happy, happy, clap, clap, he said, that's all you're going to get. He said, but when you do it as unto me, you get a father's reward. And some of us have never felt the father's reward in certain areas because we got what we wanted. Clap, clap. Boy, you're great. Oh, you did it. We got what we wanted. God is saying that stops him from entering in to give us that spiritual reward. Because what we really are looking for is a natural reward. But remember, he chose you. Let his reward be the reward that you're looking for. He chose you. He chose us. Can everybody